My name is Keith Beavers, and Adam Teeter, CEO of VinePair, loves pumpkin spice. It's true. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to VinePair's Wine 101 podcast. My name is Keith Beavers, and I am the tasting director of VinePair. How you doing? Pinot Grigio. It's an American go-to. It's an Italian wine, but is it? What do we even know about this wine that is so popular in our wine drinking culture? We got to talk about the secret life of Pinot Grigio. There's stuff there, guys. It's a fun story. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Eco Domani. Eco Domani invites you to live life boldly with our vibrant Pinot Grigio. This contemporary Italian wine offers bright citrus aromas and tropical fruit characteristics that give way to a crisp and refreshing finish that's always in style. I mean, like, I feel that, right? Do you feel that? You compare Eco Domani Pinot Grigio with light pastas, poultry, fish. This stylish wine is never out of place. So go ahead, make a bold statement because good taste is always in style. Eco Domani Pinot Grigio. Live life boldly. Vivi la vita con coraggio. One day, we don't know when, a long time ago, in a place that is now known as Burgundy, France. Here, there is a Vitis vinifera vine that produces the most soft, supple, ripe, bluish purple grapes. And one day, Humans will call that Pinot Noir, but not today. Because today, something bizarre happens. Deep down in the genetic makeup of this vine, as it begins to produce all the material it needs to make grapes, two chromosomes switch genes. A mutation happens. Genetic instructions are lost. And uniquely... The two genes that are switched off are the two genes responsible for the production of the beautiful bluish-purple pigment in that grape known as anthocyanins. And because of this, the cells that emerge are white with no pigment. And the result is a grape that looks like what we now know as Pinot Noir, but with no color, except for the beautiful, bright yellowness of a white wine grape. And we will eventually come to call this as Pinot Blanc. But now, because of this mutation, there is a white Blanc-type cell that exists in the world of this grape, which will eventually be called the Pinot family of grapes. These new mutated Blanc-type cells, they propagate. And at some point, they create what is called a chimera, which is a plant with a mix of different types of genetic cells. The mutated Blanc-type cell and the old-school cell with those chromosomes that haven't been switched off yet that can make the pigments. And as the organized chaos of nature evolves... Pinot Noir cells form a skin around the mutated P. 
Pinot Blanc cells. And the grapes that emerge from this genetic evolution are not bluish purple and are not the bright green of a white wine grape. Instead, with these pigmented and non-pigmented cells kind of fighting each other, what we have is a grape that when produced can display a spectrum of color from a bluish gray all the way to a brownish pink. And the awesome thing is this spectrum of color is often seen on one bunch of grapes. One grape is one color, one grape is the other color. It's a beautiful thing. Now, another crazy thing is like as the Pinot Noir vine started, you know, to being domesticated by, by humans and people started growing Pinot Noir to make it into wine, it was easy enough to differentiate Pinot Noir from Pinot Blanc. The leaves look different and then they produce different colored grapes. But this tricky chimera, so it was different. It actually grew for a long time in disguise in Pinot Noir vineyards because the leaf of this chimera is identical to a Pinot Noir. So at some point, some humans like, wait a second, this looks different, but like in French. This, these grapes, when we go through Verijan, you know, the ripening process, the color's different. And at some point, someone had to take that out and just propagate that and put it into its own soil and, and see what is this thing. And it turns out it's a completely different grape, but in the same family. It wasn't Pinot Blanc, it wasn't Pinot Noir, it was something different. It was this chimera, which we know now, I didn't know back then, because of genetics now. So some people uh, started growing it on its own. Other people actually just allow it to grow in the Pinot Noir vineyards because it had an advantage in the winemaking process. It actually softened some of the Pinot Noir stuff. And they gave it a name that I will butcher. They call it Pinot Burro, B-E-U-R-O-T. I don't know what it means. I actually Googled the word. The only thing that comes up is bureau, the word bureau. And it turns out the etymology of the word bureau which is old French and Latin for coarse or woolish. And kind of, and this is all my theory, but I have a feeling that because of the grayness and the sort of like perceived mottledness of the grape and the way it looked, maybe it had sort of a coarse look to it. I don't know. I could be completely off here, but that just kind of like what it feels like. But it seems like as this wine grape became more popular or it started being grown on its own, it began to come by a new name and it kind of fit nicely into the other two, the family of the other two grapes. So you had Pinot Noir, which means black. Noir, noir means black. Then you have Pinot Blanc. Blanc means white. But now we have this new Pinot and it's called Pinot Gris now, which means gray. So we have Pinot Gris. So as humans do, uh, they start taking this vine to different places and it starts finding new homes. It roams around the Loire Valley where they call it Malvoisie, just about three hours north of Burgundy in a place that is now called Alsace. It thrives there where it's called Toquet for a long time until it goes back to the name Pinot Gris. From there, it works its way into Germany and into Austria where it's called Grauburgunder. It also makes its way into Switzerland, and they call it Malvoisie, like they do in the Loire Valley. It even makes its way all the way to Hungary, and they, they call it Zuckerberat. And in all these places, this Pinot Gris grape, this chimera, 
thrives, it evolves, but one path of this grape that is thought to have moved into Italy in the northern part through the Piedmont region, Piemonte, in the foothills of the Alps, and started to move east through the Dolomites, through what is called now the Alto Adige, and from the Alto Adige to what is now called the Veneto, and from the Veneto to what is now called Friuli. And in these three regions right here, this Pinot Gris grape found a home so much that it became one of the most famous grapes in the world, at some point overtaking the popularity of Chardonnay. And the Italians in this area, instead of giving it a new name, they just gave it the name it was in French, but instead of gris, which means gray in French, they named it grigio, which means gray in Italian. And right here in Italy, this Pinot Grigio, the Pinot Gris of Italy, <laughs> is what we are all mostly familiar with. And this is what you're going to see mostly on the American market. Pinot Gris in Alsace is very popular, and you will see that on the American market as well, and I will talk about it. But right here, in these three areas, this is how we understand Pinot Grigio today. You know how I said at some point it overtook popularity from Chardonnay? Just give you, just give you a number here. In 1990, there were 8,600 acres in the entire country of Italy of Pinot Grigio. By the year 2000, there were 16, a little over 16,000 acres of Pinot Grigio in Italy. By 2010, there are well over 42,000 acres of Pinot Grigio in Italy. And Italy is not a big country. And most of it is concentrated in the Northeast. Also, to give you a sense of the popularity of this wine globally, is for a long time when winemakers made, grew, and made the, grew this grape and made wine from it outside of Italy, they opted to call it Pinot Grigio and not Pinot Gris. That's changing now, and you have places like Oregon, they have Pinot Gris. It's Pinot Grigio, but they like to call it Pinot Gris. But as far as Pinot Grigio from Italy, what do we usually think about? We think about a affordable to cheap bottle of white wine. It's probably under a screw cap. It's a grab-and-go situation. You see it, you grab it. It's usually clean and crisp, not very complex, but fun. And that is definitely a style. And I'll tell you about that style in a second. The thing is, Pinot Grigio is part of the Pinot family. It is related to Pinot Noir. It has depth and complexity to it, depending on where it's made. So there are three areas of Italy that have three distinct styles of Pinot Grigio that I want to talk to you about. And this is really great for your wine journey. You can taste Pinot Grigio from these three different places in Italy and really get to understand how different this wine can be. Okay, I got to admit here, I love Italian wine. I had an Italian, my restaurant and my wine bar was Italian. I, I think Italian wine is like the bee's knees. I love wine from all over the world. I like, I like, I like all wines, but I just love Italian wine. And one of my favorite places in Italy that, for wine is Friuli. I mean, like all Italian regions, <laughs> amazing people. My gosh. You, get, you go there, your family, the minute you sit down and eat with them. It's, it's, Friuli's an amazing place. The wines in Friuli are very unique. They have indigenous 
grapes, grapes that have been there forever. But Friuli is one of these regions where they embraced international varieties early on. One of the, what we call international varieties, basically varieties from France that have traveled around the world, like Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Pinot Grigio. And because of Friuli's history, I mean, I would love to do an entire episode on just Friuli. It's, it's, it's awesome. But because of their history, they're one of the first, um, one of the first regions to really start, they didn't start it, but orange wine in Friuli is a big deal. And it has to do with their history and, and, and what they've had to deal with politically and geographically throughout, throughout the years. And their Pinot Grigio specifically has a role in the orange wine culture of Friuli in that the traditional way in which Pinot Grigio was made in Friuli was done with skin fermentation. Because Pinot Grigio, like we've been talking about, does have pigment in its skin. It just doesn't have a lot, but it has some. And you, if you skin, if you make Pinot Grigio like a red wine, you are going to get some pigment into that juice, into that new wine. It's not going to be big and red, or it's not really going to be rosé, really. What it is going to be is kind of copper-tinged. And the, free, and the people in Friuli have the word ramato, R-A-M-A-T-O. And that means copper-tinged loosely in Italian. So they would make a wine from Pinot, from Pinot Grigio that was fermented on the skins like a red wine, and they call it ramato. So because of the way ramato is made, you know, because it has that skin fermentation to it, it does have some tannin in it. And it can be, it, it, have, it can have depth to it. God, Romato is so good, guys. If you get, if you, you, it's, it's so popular now. You can probably find it, you know, around. But in the 1990s, when Pinot Grigio as a white wine became popular, the Friuli winemakers embraced stainless steel because Pinot Grigio doesn't often see oak at all. It's this crisp, clean wine. So they started making stainless steel Pinot Grigio with, with no oak. And... That depth that they had as, tra as a tradition in Ramato carried over to their white wines. They are able, because of their soils and because of where they grow their grapes, sort of in the southern part of Friuli, because of that area, the Pinot Grigio that's grown there and the wine that's made from the grapes there, there is this beautiful depth to it. So it's a Pinot Grigio that kind of is broad on the palate. It has a little bit of weight. It's really nice. I mean, they're extremely refreshing wines, but there's this depth of character to them that gives a little bit more. And as a style, it separates them, or these wines, from the other two areas in which Pinot Grigio is known. So going west, we're going to skip over the Veneto, and then we're going to go right into the Dolomites of the Alto, Trentino Alto Adige. Guys... This is a breathtaking region in the world. It is stunning. It is just mountainous, so mountainous. And what's really cool about this area is that the Pinot Grigio grown in Trentino Alto Adige in the Dolomite Mountains, like right in the foothills of the Alps, this is what we call mountain fruit. At this high of an elevation, Pinot Grigio, when made into a wine, is extremely aromatic and expressive. The acidity in the wines are just bracing and crisp. There is a leanness to them that allows 
the, 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 the aromatics to kind of like rush up into your senses. It is, it is such a satisfying, beautiful, refreshing um, example of, or style of Pinot Grigio. So heading back east to Click, we get into the Veneto. Now the Veneto is mostly known for Prosecco. And, but when Prosecco was becoming popular, so was Pinot Grigio. So they planted a bunch of Pinot Grigio. And this is, because of that, to this day, this is where you find the more uh, easy drinking, sort of affordable Pinot Grigio for a Tuesday night or a day at the beach. It's like the perfect picnic companion. Pinot Grigio from the Veneto is great to buy like a case of and have on hand for when friends come over. It's that kind of wine. It's very communal, enjoyable with friends. And that is Pinot Grigio. If we're talking about the, the two words, Pinot Grigio, that's Italian. Those are the three distinct styles and where they're from. So we talked about Alsace earlier on. So Alsace makes Pinot Gris. They call it Pinot Gris because that's where it's from, right? It's from, it's, it's, from, it's from France. So, And the Pinot Gris from Alsace is really great. It's very similar to the Friulian Pinot Gris in that it has a little more depth to it. But when we get outside of Europe, it gets a little bit more complicated because in the new world of wine, you can do whatever you want to do. So it depends on who's growing it and what they want to do. There is an entire, you know, like Oregon, the whole state has, I guess, the sound, I mean, I think they've all agreed that they're calling it Pinot Gris. It is their white wine of that state. It's a big deal there. In Virginia, they grow Pinot Grigio and they call it Pinot Grigio, not Pinot Gris. It's also found, uh, you know, in New York. All over the United States, you're going to find Pinot Grigio, but really the ones that we see are the ones when we go to the store and we see Pinot Grigio, it's Italian, and those are the three styles. Well, that was fun. This grape has a really cool story. Grapes have great stories. And when we get to what we're familiar with, there's even different styles than that. So it's so cool. Enjoy Pinot Grigio, guys. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, go ahead and tell your friends about it. Have them subscribe. Have you subscribe. Go ahead and give me a rating if you like to type, maybe even a review. Let's get this wine podcast up so everybody can learn about wine. Check me out on Instagram. It's at VinePairKeith. I do all my stuff and stories. And also, you've got to follow VinePair on Instagram, which is at VinePair. And don't forget to listen to the VinePair podcast, which is hosted by Erica, Adam, and Zach. It's a great deep dive into drinks culture every week. Now for some credits. How about that? Wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the VinePair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mellon. I also want to thank Daniel Grinberg for making the most legit Wine 101 logo. And I got to thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I want to thank the Vine Pear staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Echo Domani. Echo Domani invites you to live life boldly with our vibrant Pinot Grigio. This contemporary Italian wine offers bright citrus aromas and tropical fruit characteristics that give way to a crisp and refreshing finish that's always in style. Pair Echo Domani Pinot Grigio with light pastas, poultry, fish. This stylish wine is never out of place. So go ahead, make a bold statement, because good taste is always in style. Echo Domani Pinot Grigio, live life boldly.